Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I am Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. Make sure to subscribe if you have not already. I'm Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Nowak. You can follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Geller. WWL. There are no check marks anymore. You're just going to have to go on faith. Although I have a I have a microphone in my picture, so that should help. All right. Well, as promised, I'm going to throw. The interview I was able to do with Cam Jordan last week at you in this segment, a couple of notes. If you follow us on YouTube, I did post an abridged version of this interview on the YouTube channel earlier this week. There's about five more minutes of content in this version than the one you, if you've watched it on YouTube. So, you know, you you can skip around if you want. It's mostly at the back end where we kind of talk about draft stuff and so the other note is that this was done the morning of the draft. So there's a couple of questions in here that will kind of seem out of date. I was originally going to cut them out, but then the draft happened and it was very prophetic what he said in terms of like, he basically predicted that Will Levis was going to fall out of the first round, which is like this major storyline. But when you listen to it, you're going to be like, oh man, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so so check it out. It's It's a good time. And uh, without further ado, here you go. How you doing, Cam? How you been? I'm doing. I'm I'm not bad. You know, I've been enjoying life, and it's sort of weird to get back to uh, real life. I guess you know, back to football. You don't have a Twitter check mark anymore, so I have to like double check every time I see you tweet. Who but, is it? <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen you all over the place. So, how what has been the highlight of your kind of jet setting off season? Because it seems like you've been everywhere. Right. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. No, the uh, the family has 
it, we lived in Madrid for a month and then we went off to Bilbao for a couple of days, came back over to uh, Barcelona. We've been here for the month of April and then had like a quick five day spurt between uh, going back to Bilbao for a soccer game. I went to Bilbao, like we went to Guggenheim. I had to go back for a soccer game. Uh, went to uh, San Sebastian, went to Victoria, did some rural games out in Basque country, um, did a soccer uh, uh, challenge out with Mikel Moreno um, over over there in in uh, the Basque area, and then or no in Sevilla, and then went down to Sevilla and yeah, and uh, went back to Barcelona. It's been it's been a it's been a time. We had a time this last couple months. But what kind of what kind of spurred that? Like why this year? Because I I mean unless you do that every year, and I just don't know about it. No, come on. I've been I've been gone since like a week and a half after right. <laughs> I was like, yo, I was like, this is great. Also, I'm gone. Um, and I literally was on the sidelines of that craptastic um, Cleveland Browns negative 19 football game. And I was like, I was like the lies that I've been told all my life. That was my first snow game. That was my first game, probably under 30, like maybe under 20. I think the, there was a playoff Seattle game that probably got that cold or maybe playoff Philadelphia game in like 13 that got that cold. But other than that, like I've been, I've been snow free all my life. You know, I grew up in Arizona. I played, I, I played over at Cal at Berkeley and I got drafted with the saints. I've had phenomenal luck my entire career until year 12. And I was in the middle of this dumb football game where people were like, you know, people from the Midwest, like embrace it. You know, I was born in Minnesota. And like friends from Minnesota, like, Oh, you haven't played a real football game. So you play in the cold. They're liars. <laughs> they're, they're full blown egotistical maniacs that are just living this machismo life of embracing the cold. And I get that's what they have to do for mental keepsakes, but that's not real football. It hurt to hit people. It hurt, it hurt to shed people. It hurt to, you know, lace them up. It hurt to try and get warm. It hurt to get ready to get cold. <laughs> there was nothing fun about that game other than, I knew other people were just as miserable. I looked over at my trainers. One of my trainers had like snot frozen, like coming out of his <laughs> nose. I, I like the first, the, after that first half, I ran into the locker room and I remember everybody was, you know, drinking soup and some guys were like, ah, this is football. And I was like, they're absurd. This is not football. This is not your best. I want my best 11 versus your best 11. That's not real football to me. So either way, um, you know, we win that game, whatever, but I'm on the sidelines and I was like, this is not it. You know what? I, you know what? I'm leaving. I'm, I'm talking to, I'm talking to uh, Ryan Nelson, who's now the DC over it, over it. Uh, yep. Yeah. I keep, I forget the, the, the team's name sometimes, um, <laughs> the fail cons. And then, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I going to do? But I was, I was sitting there talking to him and I was like, yo, I'm going back in the game. He's like, no, we got rotation. I was like, I am cold. I'm going back in. And then so somewhere in there, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to another country up season. You have to worry about me. And he was like, what? And it snowballed from there, literally out the snow. Um, I went home and I was like, I was like, hey, babe, how do you feel about homeschooling in this second semester? Uh, she was like, well, you know, I did it in COVID. I said, great. She's like, what? I was like, I'm trying to go somewhere. I'm trying to learn some Spanish. You know, I, I was like, Yo, you know what? My Spanish is just not up to par. I want to, I'm inspired to, to do better things. And she's like, so what are you thinking? I was like, Spain. And she was like, all right, cool. And then it just went from there. So I had a plan. And by the time Super Bowl happened and, you know, we didn't make playoffs. So then I was like just planning. And so two weeks after Super Bowl, a week and a half after Super Bowl, I was in Madrid. 
That's a much better answer than I was expecting, which is like normal. It's like, oh, let's go on vacation. Like, no, you you had a negative 10 degree uh, prompt. Negative 19. Yes. Negative oh, 19. Yeah. I can tell you one thing that would have been worse than playing in that game would have been losing that game. So at no, least yeah. you have that. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking about the, the, the mad, the, like the, the crazy fanatics that I have so much respect for with no shirt on in the upper bowl, somewhere in the middle of that game, they're like, Hey, everybody in the upper bowl come down to a lower bowl. I've never yeah. even yep. been like, yeah, for, for body war purposes. So you don't <laughs> so you can huddle together. <laughs> <laughs> come huddle together so you can watch this football game. And I was like, and I was looking at the fans. I was like much respect. Cause there's no amount of money that could ever make me play for this team. Like you could be like, Cam, I have $58 million a year for you. Unprecedented amount. You've never been paid this much for one year of football. And I'm like, thank you very much. I'm going to go, you know, if there's 50, if there's 50 on the table here, there's got to be 40 on the table somewhere in a warmer climate. Thank you. But I'll be leaving. Yeah. I appreciate you and Alvin kind of have similar philosophies about the cold. And then, then Carl comes out and he wasn't even wearing a shirt in the pregame. And he was like, cold's in your mind. And Alvin's like, no, cold exists. And it was yeah. here today. I can't, my hands are over here like this. I can't <laughs> feel my hands. <laughs> no, uh, the cold exists. All right. So before, before I forget, I do want to ask you, so this NFL rivals, obviously the debut did today. You download it? I said, did you download it? It came out today. NFL I have rivals. not downloaded it yet, okay. but why don't you just tell me what, what all of it's about? What is your connection with it? How, why should people be excited about it? I mean, I, I'm excited because it brings back that nostalgic feeling of like, I, I keep saying blitz. Like, you know, it's, it's that mm. arcade style of play. It's not 11 on 11. It's like a smaller condensed version because it's on, it's on your phone. Download it. I mean, I happened to download it this morning right when the, I was like, well, I had to wait till like this afternoon because it was not technically today. But, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm seven, six hours ahead of the East Coast. But either way, so I waited till it was able to download and hopped on, hopped on this last couple hours. And I'm not going to say uh, I'm having a blast. I'm not going to say I'm addicted because, I, you know, but um, right now um, I've got this nine on nine all offense. You know, I'm, I'm working on getting better, you know, my players in the right positions, right, right roles. But it gives you that arcade style, like, you know, going in, throwing a 25, you know, a quarter in and playing some NFL blitz. It gives you that type of feel. It's like NFL blitz, my NFL, my NFL street combined. And you've got uh, on your phone. Um, and I don't know what's, what's great about trying to be your own general manager. You know, like I, I feel like I've been doing some mock drafts lately for like the first time in my career. I'm like, I need D tackles. Right. And in this game, I'm like, Oh, I got to have AK here. I got to have, you know, if I can, if I can push, you know, my team there, if I can put these pieces together, my team is going to be unstoppable. And clearly I'm biased because I'm going to be using my, my own teammates. But, um, you know, you can, you can, always, you can c compete against other GMs. You can just play as free as you want. And it's the, the fact that it's free. I mean, you're going to, you're going to get hooked a little bit. You're going to have some fun. I mean, all it's like all offense, no defense, which I'm like, they they have some sort of prejudice against defense players, but it is what it is. Maybe it's coming soon. I just feel like me at a running back position could be a monstrosity. But the fact that you're going to have so much fun with this, it, it's experiencing football in like an, a fun and a new way. So it's all offense. Who do you play against then if it's all offense? Other other t people that have put together teams right now. I'm trying to I'm trying to get better cards. I need I need I need <laughs> I need a few better players. Uh, so I can get my, my team together and then I can start challenging people out in this world. In my mind, in like the next day or two, I will be a guru of this game. And I'm like, so anybody come get some.
Gotcha. You know, and, and you kind of referenced this. You've been doing mock drafts, trying to get defensive tackles. One of the reasons, you know, there's this need for defensive tackles is David Onyemata went to Atlanta, Chai Tuttle went to Carolina, and obviously Ryan's in Atlanta as well. What was your reaction when you saw that happen? Have you talked to David? Have you talked to Shai at all? Of course I've talked to my trainer's yeah. friends. You know, like, it's it's cool. We we drafted him, and, or, or you know, in Shai's case, he wasn't drafted, which – should endear him even more to us, you know. Like we we took when nobody, you know, nobody else was looking at. Him. But no, I'm I'm overly happy for them. Um, the fact that you know they, David, I've been playing with for what six or seven years, eight years. It's been a long time, um, and it's hard to replace somebody like him. Hence my mock drafts and drafting like four or five D tackles each time because it's, it's so hard to replace a guy like him. Uh, you lose, you know, shy Tuttle. Um, You've got a guy like Contavious Street that goes out there. Um, D-tackle sort of, you know, bring that that defensive line together. You know, we have return of Malcolm Roach, hopefully the resurgence of uh, Albert Huggins. Um, but, we, you know, Tano, Tano and uh, my, my young gun will have to uh, sort of slide down. Uh, young Peyton Turner will have to slide down to that three technique on third down situation. Maybe I will. I don't know, but just know that – I'm feeling that, you know, that's that's somewhere we can strengthen our team, which brings me back to, you know, maybe mythical game sometime soon brings in that uh that defensive line play to the game. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be fun uh when you get back to it. I, I think that the the partnership that they have is gonna bring fans who love the game and fans who love football to a true sense of understanding when you sort of merge them together in this game. Gotcha. And and you you know, you mentioned you mentioned Peyton. I think a lot of people are kind of eagerly anticipating seeing him more, right? I like right. I've seen him in there. I know he's working. You know, what, what do you expect from him this year? Cause obviously with Marcus heading out to Minnesota, he's got to be able to contribute in some way. So what are your kind of expectations for him? Man? Um, I think, you know, Marcus leaving to, to Minnesota, I, I think that could be a great play for Carl Grandison to step up as well mm-hmm. as Peyton Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, the best ability is availability. Uh, as we as we all have seen over the years, uh, and when Peyton Turner this last two years, we see glimpses, <laughs> and then you know he's sort of been bitten by a, a little you know nagging injury here or there, and you know I'm just looking forward to more glimpses. <laughs> you can see a glimpse, you can see the picture. If you can see the picture, you can you can understand what the painting's about. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out exactly what the painting's about in game time because I know the work that he's put in is not matching up to what he his own expectations. Cause he's grinding. He's trying to get right. And at the same time, he's also played 12 or 13 games over two years. You, you got to play a little bit more than that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Gotcha. And, you know, obviously it's draft morning. And so that I always think of this story when it's draft day because one of my favorite stories, I know you've told it before, but I, I want you to tell it again, is when you your draft day, you got a call from the Browns and they were not calling about you. They were calling about somebody else. Can you just kind of like rehash what all happened there because I, I do think it's hilarious I was like, is it that strike two for the cleveland like they drafted <laughs> they tried to draft me instead of calling the right guy jordan cameron and then it was negative 19 which isn't their fault but i'm blaming them <laughs> um but 
Yeah, the, uh, I had just got drafted, uh, what, the day or two before, whatever that was. I was down in New Orleans, just got my playbook. It was about to be the lockout. I'm with sitting in the car with Bill Johnson. I think we had just grabbed some beignets. I'm headed back to the airport because I don't know when the next time I'm going to see him. So I'm I'm gone. And as we're, as we're sitting in the car, get a phone call, pick up the phone call, and it was like, hey, sit tight. We're about to draft you. And I was like, well, that's impossible because I've already been drafted. And of course, it was the Jordan Cameron, Cameron Jordan situation, which has happened forever. Uh, you know, he played over at USC, phenomenal tight end, Pro Bowl tight end. And I, I played over at Cal. So we saw some interchange there, get drafted the same, you know, same year. So that happens. And of course, we see him in the Pro Bowl. You know, he became my he became my uh, opposite brother, <laughs> my reversing camp. And then, you know, I just feel like, uh, with, with that situation, I was just, I was just laughing. I was like, it was like the most from not being in the football NFL at the time. It was like, Oh, the Browns, they've got some things they got to work out, huh? <laughs> 12 years later, yeah, like, we've huh, seen them continue Browns. that over the last decade. Right. Again, 12 years later, you're sitting there like, Oh, the Browns, they got some things to figure out, huh? <laughs> yeah. I also remember there was an episode of the league where they made that joke too. Uh, yeah. And that was before I was down here. Good. That's really before I knew you that well in terms of playing with the saints. And I was like, that's funny. Um, yeah. anyway, he, he called, he called, haircut back then. I had the big old frohawk. It was, it was <laughs> dope. Um, but no, that was, that was the beginning of, of those issues of being called either, you know, Jordan Cameron or Cam Newton. And I was like, he's got no facial hair. I've got all of this, you know, Cam Hayward. I'm like, ain't no way Cam Hayward's, he doesn't fit in picture frames. I fit, in, I fit similar in picture frames. You know, he's a D tackle. He's taller and wider. But, you know, gotcha. the cams. There's a lot of cams in that draft. There's four of us that you can switch up around with. <laughs> gotcha. All right. I know, I know you're a busy guy. You go. We are talking to Mickey later on today. So I, I do want to – is there anyone who you are in love with in this draft that you want me to yell, hey, draft this guy? Uh, absolutely not. Because if I put it out there, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, hey, this is the guy I want. And they were like, so anyways, <laughs> uh, you know – if I've learned anything over this last 12 years, teams don't like, you know, don't like their business out there. You know, it's going to be interesting. I just hopped on Twitter today and I saw, you know, somebody informing their family that they may or may not be a top tier pick. Sometimes that doesn't pan out well. I've seen guys in the green room and, you know, think that they're going top 10 and end up at the 24th overall pick in the draft. Now pans out well in the career, but you know, maybe you don't go top 10. Maybe you go 24th. Maybe you fall out the first round and sitting there day two. Whatever, whatever happens, it's just a, it's just an entry ticket. The NFL draft, if you get your name called, if you don't get your name called, doesn't mean you're going to have a hell of a career. All it means is you get a chance to try and win. Gotcha, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Enjoy the rest of your vacation, and I'll see you in a couple months here. Absolutely. I should be back in a couple months. A month. <laughs> yeah, if you ever do, do decide to come back to the States. <laughs> <laughs> Stay side. Yeah, I'm back in action. So, yeah, like I, I really I always enjoy talking to Cam. So, yeah, a few things from that interview. I get to use the word craptastic in a quote. That's always fun. He would never play for the Browns under any circumstances, which I really enjoyed. They could offer him fifty eight million dollars a year. He wouldn't do it. That's what he said. That's, that's a quote. And then at the end, if you if you didn't get that reference, he was talking about how Will Levis had apparently been telling family members that he was going to be a top pick. And he kind of equated that to himself when he was talking about the 24th pick because he went 24th. He was expecting to go a lot higher. He ended up going 24th to the Saints. Uh, I would say he probably feels like that worked out for him in the end. 
But then he was like, oh, yeah, sometimes you're just sitting there on day two. And like, when you know it, that's exactly what mm. happened to Will Levis. And I don't know how much of that was driven by him blabbing about maybe I'm going to be a top pick, blah, blah, blah. But it, it sounds very much like what happened because you just see his name falling and falling and falling. All of a sudden, he's out there on day two, just like Cam said. So I just thought that was a really – I was originally planning to cut that part out, but it ended up being so accurate. It's like, I got to leave it in. <laughs> Yeah, we got to find out if Cam's not taking one of those whatever how long sabbaticals he's been on. Maybe he can be on our pre-draft show next year. Yeah, yeah. I also thought it was kind of fun. Like, I didn't realize that's why he was in Spain for so long was that he was so miserable on New Christmas Eve against the Browns that he decided on the sideline of that game, he's like, I'm getting out of this goddamn country for several months. Like, he's been in Spain since a week and a half after the Super Bowl. Like, wow. that was February. It's May now. He's still there. Like, the way I described it in the, the post I wrote about that interview, which you can find on WWL.com if you're interested, is basically, it's more, it's less like a vacation and more like a study abroad program for his entire family. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Like, his kids are being homeschooled by, by Nikki Jordan, uh, Cam's wife. Like, okay. Like they have, they spent an entire semester in Spain, which is awesome. Like I, I wish I, they, I was able to do that when I was a kid. That must be crazy. But yeah, it's, it, it, I didn't realize that he had been there this whole time. But like, obviously I've been seeing on Twitter, all of this, but yeah, he's been there for what? So February, March, April, like three months now. So yeah, you can thank the coldest game in Saints history for Cam being like, I'm out this piece. Later. I'm out of here. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Anyway, yeah, man, I, I'm totally envious. If I if I had the funds and means, I would I would love to take that long of a sabbatical. Like you said, after a while, it's hard to call it a vacation. That's not. Yeah, it can't. It's not a vacation. You can't call it a vacation. A work study. Three months in Spain <laughs> is yeah. I mean, <laughs> anyway, so he'll be back. I, I assume he's still not back. I assume he'll come back. I wonder he has if a lot of money back. tied to his returning. Will we have a fresh Spain haircut and facial features for this coming season then? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. I didn't ask if he's actually learned any Spanish. I imagine he has. Because I, I remember, I think it was after the season, he's like, the Fu Manchu's gone. It's done with. And I was like, yeah. wow, okay, it's pretty, pretty bold. Yeah. All right. Hope you enjoyed that interview. We're going to come back with one more segment. We're going to hear from the great Cajun Cannon, Bob Yeager, firing shots, firing off takes as he does. And we're going to react to him. And you're going to react to him once we react to him. Yeah. This is Inside Black and Gold. Who that? Who that?